Hi, I'm Dr. John Newfeld, and you're watching Truth and Life Today. Today, we're going to ask a question about leadership. What does it mean to be thoroughly Christian and to lead at the same time? Find out. It's important to face these realities because unless we do, we'll never know what to do next. Well, we're going to talk about leadership, and I'm um, having this wonderful opportunity to interview Bob Kuhn. Uh, Bob Kuhn has been a leader and a Christian leader in this country for a great many years. Uh, He has given significant leadership on the board at Trinity Western University. Uh, Bob has also been the president of Trinity Western University for about six years. Uh, Bob has also been a lawyer that has argued uh, one successful and one non-successful case in the Supreme Court of Canada. And he also leads a law firm with some 20 employees. Bob knows leadership, but Bob also knows Jesus. He's a lover of Christ. He's dedicated to Christ. He's committed to his word. And Bob's got a great many thoughts about what it means to be both Christian and to call men and women to follow. And so it's going to be an interesting time that we spend with Bob. Bob will talk about his own experiences as leader and his own wisdom about what leadership means. Bob, welcome here. We're delighted to have you. I know this is our second occasion of meeting together. Um, And we have been wanting to talk about leadership and humility. And uh, some might say that's an oxymoron. But let's talk about that. You have, I think, given leadership in so many different areas. Uh, You've obviously led in a law court. Um, You have begun your own law firm. And I don't know how many employees you presently have. Uh, Just shy of 30. 30 employees. Most of them are practicing lawyers, or I'm sure you've got a number of other staff as well. Yeah, it's about half and half. Half and half. Um, but you also, for six years, were the president of Trinity Western University, Canada's largest university. So I think leadership has been a great portion of your life. So I'm going to start with a question for you. You're a Christian and you're a leader. As a Christian, what does leadership mean? Can you define the term for us? Well, I think in many respects, we're all called to be leaders. I mean, simplistically, a leader is someone who others follow. And you define a leader by the fact of its followers. Not all leaders are good leaders, or at least uh, virtuous leaders, and that's where the rub often comes. But uh, I think leadership can be defined and has been defined in so many broad ways that I prefer to stick with the simple concept that we can unfold, if you wish, on leadership being uh, the calling or uh, choice uh, made by an individual and who people follow. You can't define a leader without having followers. Yep. Okay. So as Confucius say, he who leads without anyone to follow is just taking a walk. So that's good. So it's somebody who influences others to follow in a way. Can we say that what leaders do is they will influence people to go somewhere where they wouldn't have gone without the leader being there. I, I think that's certainly an element of leadership. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's difficult to limit it to because leaders can provide leadership and uh, provide what's necessary, maybe in context or vision, 
where people are willing to go and want to go, but don't know how to get there. Bob, I've heard you say that leadership is contextual, so let me give you a context. A commanding officer in a time of war is leading troops to a place where they would never go in harm's way. Mm -hmm. But they do go. And uh, so, again, can we talk about influence and followership and all of those kind of things? How does that work in the military? Well, I'm not sure how it works in the military. Um, but I, I've often thought of the, the leader of a, of a military unit would be um, hard-pressed to find something more difficult than sending men or women uh, into battle, knowing that some of them will not survive, as many of them may come back injured or not at all. And that strikes me as the definition of how leaders handle that kind of... Uh, responsibility uh, because in those cases the leader is not at the front of the pack mm-hmm. is leading in effect from behind is that is that part of the definition of leadership and I would suggest it is I think the burden of responsibility weighs heavy on leaders often Jesus had some things to say about leadership um, as you led a Christian university did you think about what Jesus had said and did you try to emulate that uh, he had a lot to say about leadership and even more to communicate through his actions, I think, about leadership. Uh, leadership was not uh, uh, self-aggrandizing. Leadership was not... Uh, there's probably a long list of what leadership was not. Uh, what leadership was is caring about the people for whom he was responsible to lead, the disciples specifically, relational uh, depth. It's not a command and control leadership. Is that a mark of Christian leadership that the Christian leader deeply cares for the well-being of those being led? Yes, I think that uh, an essential ingredient of leadership is trust. Uh, you, you can't, you don't have follow, uh, followers who don't trust. They they won't sooner or later won't follow. And what's unless you have a gun in your hand, as yeah. a dictator can do in parts of the world. But I'd suggest those people wouldn't be led by leaders. They're they're being forced not ahead by leadership, but by dictate. The, uh, the, re- the reality is people need to feel that they're cared for to trust somebody. If, would you trust someone who doesn't care? Um, and I would suggest you really don't. So you need to have trust to lead and you need to have care to be trusted. Uh-huh. Now, when we talk about humility paired together with leadership, what are you seeing, Bob? Humility is uh, is a mystery uh, in a sense. Humility is not something we seek to receive, or maybe put it, it's not something we go after. It's something that we seek to receive from from Christ, I believe, who was the ultimate example of humility. Humility is not. Um, I've often felt you can't actually pursue humility directly. It's a fruit of the spirit, not itself the goal. It is producing fruit, yes, but you don't eliminate the tree or the growth process to produce that fruit. Let me try something on you. Um, It has been said that humility is not thinking too lowly of yourself nor too highly of yourself. It's really rarely thinking of yourself at all Mm -hmm. and thinking more about, you know, pairing it together with leadership 
you actually, as Christ did, abandon yourself uh, for the sake of those whom you lead. Yes, I think it's C.S. Lewis. I'm not sure whether he's quoting someone or his own words, but it says that uh, leadership is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I think that's probably true. I think leadership these days does not have a high value on humility. It's viewed as a weakness. And yet, and, and, and I don't think most leaders would notionally or, or more than notionally aspire to being humble. Right. We, we sort so of So if value you can't stand it. up for yourself, yeah. you know, and, and, and trumpet your own cause, you're just not going to get to the front of the pack. Yeah, and I don't think that necessarily standing up for oneself denies humility, but uh, it's uh, humility is very difficult to define except in a, in a context. We, we know it when we see it. Uh-huh. And uh, if we look at our leaders today on almost any um, uh, stage, it's difficult to discern leadership, uh, difficult to discern humility amongst their list of characteristics. Well, let me get personal with you, Bob, because you've, you've, you've now leading a, a firm. Uh, as you give leadership, are there principles? Are there self-checks? Do you have accountability partners? Mm-hmm. What are the things that you look for that, that kind of keeps a check on how you do leadership? I think a very large element of, of the protection that the leader has for falling um, away from a humble or away from humility is the lack of accountability. Uh-huh. And so I'm privileged to have two men who have walked with me now for over over 30 years. And uh, their job actually is written out in a document which we share and it, it, uh, it's signed by all three of us saying, uh-huh. we, will, we will continue to hold each other accountable for the rest of our lives. And that has been a tremendous resource for me because there's two men I know that won't walk away if the going gets tough and will stick with me, but they'll also tell me the hard things when I need to hear them. Can you give us an example of that? Well, uh, I, I've done a lot of public speaking, and and uh, it's easy for a public speaker to believe in their own stuff, and they think this is, you know, you, you've written, you've spoken, obviously, for decades. And... So it, it happens that one of my friends has, uh, well, they both served as, as uh, sounding boards for what I had to speak. And they're, they're open to say, you know, that wasn't very good. Uh-huh. And so they'll hear me speak and I'll not only give them the text ahead of time if I can to say, does this, does this communicate what I want to communicate about me or about my values or about what I believe as a, as a faith uh, affirming person? And so that's, that's really helped, but also in major decisions. And uh, I think it's a, it's a critical element. We, are, we don't have enough true accountability, uh, an accountability which is supportive and comes along and helps rather than accountability that beats down and, and uh, uh, penalizes people. Yeah, because I think there are a lot of people who hate their job because they hate their boss, right? Mm. Yeah. So we're going to come back. We're going to talk more about, you know, maybe if there is someone who's a boss who's watching and might be saying, I mean, how do I lead in such a way that really benefits my employees? Uh, Maybe there's something that you have to say to them. Yeah, welcome back. I'm with uh, Bob Kuhn, and uh, we're talking about leadership. And we're going to move this along, Bob, because I know that you think that vulnerability of a leader is important. 
And uh, vulnerability exposes our own weaknesses to others. And I know that in your own life, you've been struggling with your own vulnerability. So what's happening? Well, I think there's a saying that fits this, which is uh, true friendship or true deep relationship uh, are found, uh, are grounded in the mutual sharing of weakness. Uh, we don't gain uh, strength in relationships, and I would suggest this comes not just as a Christian principle in our relationship with Christ, but and not just family and friends, but generally applicable. We we don't uh, we don't gain strength through uh, sharing our strengths. Men will often go out and do events together, but are their relationships really growing as a result of yeah, that? Yeah. And it's on weakness. Um, so through the diagnosis of Parkinson's disease, I came face to face with something that was not just a weakness, but it's a, a potentially debilitating and long-term. So let's stop there for a moment. You were diagnosed with Parkinson's how long ago? 2006, so 2006. almost 14 years ago. Uh-huh. And I know that, you know, medication to at least slow the train down, I think, as they say, mm-hmm. you know, the train is going to move, but we can slow it significantly. And uh, that's undoubtedly been a part of your life. But how is Parkinson's affecting you? Well, I think it, it forces me to look at the, what I can't do and also look at what I can do in the context of, of the disease. Uh, it doesn't necessarily eliminate your ability to do most things, although it's, uh, things deteriorate over time, and certainly that's the case. But I think if... If you're willing to be vulnerable about something as um, as potentially difficult as as a uh, a disease such as this, it draws people to you, and you have a better level of of understanding. And it goes back to leadership that we were discussing the other time. But it also leads to strength in relationships. That people want to see who you are, yeah. and the degree to which we hide or or deflect from that. Uh, does reduce the ability to um, to communicate effectively. Well, when we were uh, together the last time, um, you had mentioned Romans eight twenty eight. God causes all things to work together for good. Um, when you think about your own Parkinson's, um, do you apply that verse there? I certainly do. It's not always easy, but I don't think verses are given to us because they're easy or pat answers. It sometimes leads to questions, well, why? And you ask why. Although I, I must admit that God has been very good to me in terms of uh, the disease progressing slowly so that I haven't had to uh, uh, abandon things that perhaps I, I would if it were going more quickly. But the, the verse has direct application to that situation, especially in my life. It's a very interesting thing that if a believer thinks that God is meticulously sovereign in all areas, that the disease that we go through. So when you take your own weakness and your own struggle into the place of leadership, because I think there was an old school of leadership that said, never let them see a sweat, right? Um, But I think you're taking issue with that. You're saying it's okay to let them see you sweat. Uh, Are there limits to that? I mean... uh, Let me play the devil's advocate here a bit, Bob, and ask, you know, if you're giving me leadership, now I'm, I feel like now you've got an advantage over me because how can I 
you know, Bob, I'm not so sure about the leadership you're giving us right here, but then again, Bob's got Parkinson's and he's struggling in his own struggle, so maybe I shouldn't bring that up. Does that become an issue? I, it may. I mean, it, 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 it may. I've certainly found in my own life that uh, being vulnerable, being willing to share the journey that you're on, whether it be with a disease or, or a circumstance in your life, uh, and uh, that, that leads to an accountability potential, leads to a gathering of thoughts that I think mean wisdom in the great context that sort of uh, relying on a multitude of uh, advisors is a good thing. So sharing, sharing life, uh, when, when we pull all of the strings of life together at the end of the day, it's not necessarily the things that we've done, but the relationships that we've built. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I hate to see growing into old age as being a lonely time because we haven't learned how to share our vulnerable selves. I think there's another part of the weaknesses that all of us have is that, I mean, Paul speaks about the thorn that was given him in the flesh and then pleading with the Lord to take it away. I don't know whether that was ever a part of your own prayer life. Um, and then the Lord saying, my strength is perfected in weakness, that there is something about God's power that gets shown uh, through our lives when it's not about us anymore, but the grace of God that comes in our lives. Um, I think it might be helpful for people who are being led to know that the person who is giving significant leadership has that grasp of things. I think that's exactly right. And I think that that's something that our leaders can learn. Uh, it's not an easy thing to learn, um, it, but it it changes everything. Uh, just like Parkinson's for me changed everything. Uh, the principles that you just stated, I think, are, are ones that we, we can all learn from, we can all develop and grow through. None of us are gonna have a perfect track record but the process of becoming Christ-like is, uh, is it, it's not an end zone thing, game. It's, it's a process, and we have life to live in that context and, and uh, eternity to uh, perhaps wonder how it would have turned out otherwise. I'm not sure. Bob, can you say something to the leader who's shipwrecked it? You know, maybe... Uh, my marriage has gone south on me. Uh, maybe I've lost my company. Um, maybe, you know, I've lost a significant position. I mean, is there something that you can say to an individual like that? Is there a hopeful word that they might have in the midst of feeling, I guess I've failed at leadership? Mm -hmm. I, think, I think there is hope in that. In fact, I think there's more hope in that than somebody that covers up the weaknesses that they would otherwise be compelled to disclose through failure of one kind. I think acknowledging the failure and admitting the failure, it's, it's a bit like our sinful nature. None of us are gonna live perfectly, but acknowledging and having the ability to, an environment, uh, relationships around us to acknowledge our weakness as we would acknowledge our sinfulness in front of our savior. So I, I think that's, uh, surrounding yourself with with people who are going to be uh, able to help you through that process. I think that's really what the Christian body is. You know, the body of Christ is all about. And we so often miss that by wanting to play the strong leader or the 
have it together, put it together kind of person. You and I talked before this that there are some significant examples that we have in the Bible of great men and women of God who did mighty exploits for their God and yet have significant moments of failure. Um, anyone come to mind? Moses has always been a bit of a, uh, a, a character study that I've been intrigued because he, there's so many elements to Moses' story, you know, his beginning and his impetuous uh, acts that led to him and his, his own sense of, you, you get a, a kind of a schizophrenic view of, of uh, Moses. Here he is, he'll take action and kill someone, mm-hmm. but he won't do something that would require some courage and he, he understates his ability to speak and, and he sort of wants to bow out of responsibility for leadership, and yet at other times he... I, I love the depth of character, hmm. but I, I've, al- I've always been mystified by the uh, result in Moses' story where he was not able to go into the promised land. He was precluded from doing that. And the way I read that is he, he struggled with that, but he accepted it. Yeah. And uh, I think that as, as leaders, we often um, struggle with the outcome of what we've worked to accomplish, not quite being what we had hoped for. And uh, I, I think Moses is a great example of somebody who's definitely flawed in terms of leadership, yeah. but has a lot of things to teach us. Certainly one of the most significant leaders in the scripture, and I would argue one of the most significant leaders in the history of the world. Uh, Bob Kuhn, thank you so much for being a part of Truth and Life today. Thank you for significant leadership in the Christian community, and thank you for the example that you still give us. God bless you. Thank you. If I were to go to the Bible and ask, what's the best leadership verse that you can find? I might go to Psalm 78 and uh, read verses 70 to 72. Here's what it says. He, that is, God chose David his servant and took him from the sheep ends. He brought him from tending ewes to be shepherd over his people Jacob, over Israel his inheritance. And then speaking about David, it says, He shepherded them, that is, the people, with a pure heart and guided them with his skillful hands. Now, I see that David saw himself as shepherding God's people. You know, shepherds give leadership. They walk ahead of sheep, and the sheep are called to follow them. But but there is a way in which David shepherded, and it says he does it with a pure heart and with skillful hands. So let's talk about both of those issues. A pure heart speaks about the integrity of the leader. That is, what the leader appears to be and who the leader actually is is the same image. I think many of us have been disappointed in leadership. Uh, We've heard individuals say things and then have found out that's not who they are. That's not who they think. Uh, They're just putting on this facade. So that's the issue, the absence of a pure heart. We're we're longing for that. But then it also says of David, he he had the skill set to be able to do leadership. You know, there are individuals who are wonderful people and they should not be in any way maligned, but they've not been given the ability to lead a large group of people. Uh, When they attempt to do so, I mean, they kind of mess it up. But David has the skillful hands that knows what needs to be done at a given point in time and he knows how to do it. 
And so David has both of those two things. And and if I were to ask, what's the heart cry that's in our land, in political leadership or in church leadership or at any place where leadership is being exercised on the job, in the home, I think those two factors always come to play. Pure heart, skillful hands. When those two things are brought together, we rejoice. Well, is there anyone that can exemplify that? I think the answer is Jesus alone is the example of what genuine leadership ought to look like. Purity of heart, the Bible says that he never sinned, not once. What he appeared to be and who he was was always the same. Whether you viewed him from a distance or were the closest thing to him, he always seemed consistent with his character. And then at the same time, Jesus' skill, he not only knew what needed to be done, he was willing to do it. Um, When Bob spoke about humility, I think there's another example that we find in Jesus. And it's found in John chapter 13, where Jesus uh, strips off down to his waist, takes a wash basin in his hands, and goes from disciple to disciple and begins to wash their feet. He is their Lord. He is their master. He is the one that's calling them to a lifetime of dedication to him. And yet he wants his disciples to understand that he loves them and that he would seek to serve them. And ultimately, Jesus, the greatest leader of all time, served us by dying on the cross for our sins, by bearing our punishment. He was punished so that we could be made free. It's what leadership is. If you want an example, look to Jesus. And if you want to learn how to lead, look to Jesus. I want to thank Bob for a wonderful conversation. And I want to also thank all of you who are watching, uh, who are attempting to lead where God has placed you. Continue to be faithful. Continue to read your Bible. Watch Jesus imitate him and see what happens in your life. Uh, Thanks for joining us today, and please make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more interviews, episodes, and Bible teaching content. Uh, Thanks for joining us today.